When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It is Open Forum Wednesday. How is everybody today? We've got a lot to talk about. I want to update uh, people first and foremost on the decision by the judge in my case Uh, My case is moving forward, as uh, I have been very hopeful that that would be the case. Uh, We are very pleased with the judge's ruling, and uh, we are very excited to move forward against Bonneville International uh, and this lawsuit. If you have any questions, uh, if I am able to answer those questions, I will. Uh, If I'm unable to answer the questions or don't know how, then I will say so. All right. Um, Obviously, I have an attorney and I leave legal matters up to the attorney that is uh, representing me. But obviously, you probably read the stories uh, that came out today with a lot of the details of what happened in last week's hearing in uh, federal district court uh, in Sacramento. So uh, I'm grateful that uh, the judge saw a lot of this case our way. And we are very much looking forward to our day in court. I have said from the very first day that I filed my lawsuit that I want 12 jurors to look at this case and rule, and then I will go on my way and will accept the ruling from the court, whether it's positive, whether it goes my way, or whether it doesn't. But I still cannot believe that here I am more than three years later, and there are still some, although I think it's very much in the minority, but I'm telling you my opinion, there are still some that think that the phrase, all lives matter, And of course, I didn't just say all lives matter. I wrote via Twitter, all lives matter, every single one. It is still very difficult for me to comprehend how six words, all lives matter, every single one can be misinterpreted. There is no other way to interpret all lives matter, every single one. I mean, if somebody just says all lives matter, Personally, I understand what that means, but I I guess you could leave that open for interpretation, I guess. I I don't know. But when you put every single one, there is no gray area with every single one. All lives matter. Every single one speaks for itself. And the fact that, you know, I, as an individual who was wronged, fired unfairly, unjustly, okay, deemed as a racist okay as a from a company that has no minorities on their board not one not one okay go google go google bonneville international leadership and look at all of the faces on their website all white males and white females that's it and you know they they deem me as a racist really over all lives matter every single one You know, anyone that, and I really mean this, if somebody can be deemed a racist 
for saying all lives matter, every single one. I actually think they're the ones that are racist. I think they're the ones that have a real problem and have been hurt so much in their life that they're looking for someone to take it out on. That's what I think. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me that here we are in the middle of 2023 and all of this is still going on, although I think the tide has changed considerably in this country as it relates to everything that I've had to endure the last several years. But anyway, I'm, I'm grateful that my case is proceeding. I'm grateful for the media coverage that I've received on a national level in the last 24 hours. And I believe that there will be a lot more. And I'll keep you posted as what happens next. But I, I definitely wanted to address that on the show today. This is an open forum Wednesday. And again, if you have any questions, uh, I'm more than happy to answer them. All right. I really am. All right. Let's get to um, some phone calls today on open forum Wednesday. And we begin with Al. Al, how are you? Nate, congratulations, man. I'm praying for you. I'm telling you, I'm just Thank you. just thank you. We've been talking about underdogs for the last couple of days. And for me personally, based on your situation and today's whacked out uh, cultural social media driven nut, nuttiness for, for me. You're you're a, an underdog. You're going. You're David. Thank you, David. Going against Goliath, and you know, I, I, I don't get it, and I'm not even going to try to get it because you know I'm just saying. You know what, man? If you're Christian, and I was raised a Catholic, and Jesus Christ welcomed everybody into His circle. He and He welcomed the downtrodden, the people who were cast out. You know, the people who were shunned by society. You know, and, and it all lives matter. To say that's racist is saying the same thing as the N-words. All lives matter. Every single one is the same as the N-word, which just, I, it makes no sense to me at all. I'll never understand. I, I'll never I'm, get I'm, it. I'm with you. It, it absolutely makes zero sense to me, you know? And, I mean, and, but, and, uh, but, but, but you know what? Um, here, here's, the, here's the nice issue about me. It's not in my hands anymore. In other words, I said what I said. I know how I feel. I don't have any trouble going to sleep at night. I know how I've lived my entire life. It's not in my hands anymore. It's in the judicial system. And I'm going to let the judicial system decide my fate. All right. And I, I, I have to have faith that the right outcome is at the end. It, it will be the right outcome. That, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm putting my faith in. Well, I'm right behind you. I think it'd be a, like it would be almost a national revolutionary for you you to win this case on behalf of common sense everywhere, you know, which has just gone out the window. If you've spoken to yep. many times in the last yep. year, couple of years, I mean, it's just and hysteria driven by the, the George Floyd situation, and then it falls back onto me. It's like the scarlet letter if people. You know, they just distance themselves. So, I mean, you and Doug Adler, you guys were canceled. Now, I'm, I'm yep. sorry. Now, Brenneman and other people like Kuiper, they, they maybe they inadvertently said something, but their their situation is not the same as yours. So I can't really, I guess. I it's not. Say. It's not. Even Tom Brenneman no, came on my podcast and said that. He, he, that. he said, Grant, before I start, I just want to let you know. He goes, I want to let you know what happened to you is so wrong. And he went into it and he said, hey, you know, for me, I, I have no one to blame but myself. He goes, what I did was wrong, but I, I understand what happened to me. He goes, I don't understand what happened to you. I mean, even he made that distinction as somebody that's gone through a, 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 an awful situation. But you know what, Al, um, again, I'm going to let the court system and I'm hoping yeah. that the people see it the way I see it. And when I mean the people I'm talking about, hopefully a jury trial. Oh, I hope so. So bad. When do you think about, I know it's, it's if, if you can't, how long before we might know you might be getting a jury trial? I mean, is any like, I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I wish I could give you a, a timetable. I don't have one. I, I really, no, I don't. No, I'm it's, sorry. It's a judicial system, man. It moves with a, like a <laughs> slow, yeah. slow, but you know, that's man. You're my prayers, man. Yeah. You know, 
Thank you, Al. Sean, Sean Salisbury, Sean made a mistake. He was like Brenneman. He made an actual mistake and he got yep. and he landed on his feet. So he got a second chance. What's wrong with a second chance? What's wrong with people make a mistake? Don't just like you've said, the whole body of work. Look at the whole body, not just one particular incident where someone might stub their toe. Why don't people just look at the big, big picture? They just can't do it. They just want to because jump they panic. Because they panicked and everyone knows that Bonneville panicked and everyone also realizes that Bonneville wants me back. I mean, listen, I know I have friends that work at the radio station. They all want me back there. They all want me on the air. I mean, I'm not bragging now. The afternoons have been a disaster since I left. I mean, I'm just calling it the way it is. Okay. I have friends that work there. They've told me that they want me there. They, 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 they would love to have me back. I, I don't know about the Kings. I resigned from the Kings. They didn't fire me. So that situation is different, but I mean, Everyone knows that Bonneville panicked. Everyone knows that they they overreacted. But you know now now they have made their bed and they have to sleep in it. And we'll see what happens. You know, it's the thing is, you guys. Whether I know people who don't like you, but when they they've heard you on Rome, let's face it, you, you got you got skills, man. You're one of the, the top announcers. I've I've listened to all of them. Bill King, hey, Al, Al, everyone that's opinionated, everyone that has a, is opinionated in the media is going to have critics. That's part of the business. So when you say people don't like me, I'm fine with that as long as they listen to me and watch my work. Okay. People that have never met me that say they don't like me. I I don't care about those people. I care about the people that know me who, who are uh, in my daily life when they don't like me, then that, that bothers me because then I'm like, wow, okay, wait a minute. You know, how, why is it that this individual you know, doesn't like me. People that don't know me, who know me only from my work, meaning how I talk yeah. on the radio, people like that that don't like me, I don't really care whether they like me or not. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Amen to that. Amen. I'll just let you go, man. I'll just say, but my only point with that was he he admitted to the fact that, I got to say, Grant really knows his stuff. That was my point to that. But thank you. And also, I want to say that, uh, you know, you your sponsor, New Works Plumbing. That that guy, I think his his name's Dave, was it? And he he even admitted, "Well, I don't like you." You know, I I, I you were wronged. So there you go. Yep. And thank you. Uh, yep. Thank you very much. God bless. Uh, actually, it was Scott uh, that that met me, and New Works has been phenomenal. And that's exactly what he said to me when when he met me. And we've actually developed a really good friendship now over the last three years. And I'm blessed and grateful to have them as a sponsor. And I'm, I, I mean, I'll tell you right now, and I, I, I don't even think I've ever said this to uh, new works, but if I win this lawsuit and again, if, and I am not dependent on an income, I'm, I'm going to, the first thing I'm doing, the first thing I'm doing is I'm calling the owner of New Works Plumbing, and I'm telling him that I'm doing his advertising for free for the rest of my career. All right, because I, I believe in loyalty. That I, I'm all about loyalty. Like loyalty to me is at the top of my list. And as I've, I've said this over and over and over again, okay? The uh, great quote by MLK, in the end, We will not remember the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Here's somebody who came right up to me and said, I don't even like you. Meaning that, you know, he thought I was abrasive on the air and everything else. But what happened to you is so wrong and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And ended up being my title sponsor. And it's been with me from day one. And I'm just like, wow. All right. I'm like, that's a wow to me. And so. If, if I become financially dependent, I mean, uh, independent, I guess I should say not dependent. If I'm independent, meaning I don't need an income, I'm not, they will never pay me another dime. I will do everything for them for free. That's, that's what I believe in. You know, I believe in loyalty. All right, let's move along to uh, some more phone calls. And we say hello to Ron. Ron, how are you today? I'm fine, Grant. How are you? I'm good, thank you. 
But yeah, you were uh, <clears throat> talking a little bit earlier about how no one can <clears throat> believe that that um, all lives matter, every single one. But it's like the timing when you said that, what was happening, um, of course, the George Floyd things. There was also two books that were being uh, that were being pushed, and one's called White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo, and the other one's called How to Be an Anti-Racist by um, Ibram X. Kendi. And Kendi basically goes, he's got a whole whole issue on that when white people say black lives matter. And both of those things are, are so prevalent that um, they were pushing those books in college. In fact, my son went to Chico State um, and he went in the fall of 2020. So this is after um, you had been re uh, released by uh, Bonneville. And um, he took a picture of the books that is that his professor was having to read and both those two books were on there. And so this is not something that's just at, um, you know, a grassroots level. This is actually being, you know, put into the universities. And um, we, I pulled my kid out after, um, after that semester, the teacher told him, I don't want you in my class. And I was reading the emails for telling him that because he had some different views about it, but that was a, uh, that was a big push. And I, I think this this book, at least the one that says talks about Black Lives Matter, this sold over a million. If you get on the Internet, look at this book. It's like there's a lot of people that read these things in institutions. A lot of universities are pushing them. This, if you're a freshman in college and this was an English class he took, this was an English class and they're teaching social justice in the English class. So I, I think part of it was timing and this idea out there that if anybody says this is all this is racist flat off the bat and that there's no question about it. So I, I, I think that that's part of it. I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, regardless how your, your case goes and I hope it goes well, I'm, I'm hoping that you do write a book grant because, um, I, I've always, um, just loved hearing your stories as well. You know, when, you. You, rem when you reminisce, um, there's some that just stick out in my mind that, um, that are so prevalent. Like when you're talking about Joe Moreno, the, the African-American kid that went to your school yep. that was in foster and yep. your dad basically yep. said, Hey, let's get this kid. And just the effort that your dad went through to get it was that unbelievable. Guy. Yeah. I, I it just, was unbelievable. You know? And so I'm, I mean, I'm it was, hope I'll never, it was what, I'll never, again, uh, the fact that I even remember the kid's name from, you know, almost 50 years ago, my dad was unbelievable. The fact that my dad would not accept, you know, that he didn't want to go to an NFL game and that then my dad called the school to, and then found out that, you know, he was from a local orphanage and then called the orphanage. I mean, like, I don't even know how many people would do that. You know, I, I really don't. And I, I again, I, I have so much respect for how I was raised by my parents and what they stood for. But I also preach this every day. Actions speak louder than words. There are too many people in our society now that get on social media and all they do is yap, yap, yap and call out people and throw darts at people and attack people, but they don't do anything about it. They just, they, they, they shoot venom and they spew venom. But what do they do? Do they do anything to make their communities better? My dad made my community that I was raised in better. My dad made people at our church in New York better. My dad didn't just talk. He put everything into actions. You know, my dad got, you know, multiple busloads of people in 1960, was it two or three to go to the March on Washington? My dad organized that. I think he got 12 buses of people to go to the March on Washington. You know, like my dad was a doer, you know, that's, that's, and so I always have been like, yeah, I talk for a living. And what I say is my living. I mean, I talk for a living, but I've always believed that what you do is more important than what you say. And it's why I started my foundation, you know, some 20 plus years ago to help out at need underprivileged kids, because I think the greatest thing in life is education. And I just wanted to be able to extend an olive branch for kids that probably would have never made it to college and give them an opportunity to get educated in college and, and move on, you know, again, not to go off on a tangent here, but I think every single one of our students that went to college over 100 were first generational college students. Now, when you think about that first person ever in their family to ever go to college, that's a powerful thing, you know? And so I, I, I get so upset, Ron, at people that just talk, 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 
you know, spew, spew, spew. And then when I say, okay, you know what? I hear what you have to say. Tell me what you've done to make your community better. And I met with silence. Do you volunteer, you know, for homeless people? Do you volunteer at your church? Do you do this? Do you do that? So many people don't even have an answer to that because they don't do anything. And those are the people that infuriate me. I'm okay with people that are critical. I'm okay with people that have a difference of opinion. I'm okay to people that want to attack me. I'm fine. But then when I ask you, what have you done to help somebody? What have you done to make your community better? And they don't have an answer. Those are the people that offend me. Yeah. 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 I am. Like I said, I'm, I really hope in, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a teacher. I've talked to you before about this. I'm, I'm, I'm all yep. about, I'm all about the kids. And, um, you know, we talked about that, the, the students that you have somewhere in Avid and stuff. And I taught Avid and, uh, I'm, yep. I'm, you know, I'm with you. It's like, you're, you're, you know, you're helping people to get better. I'm, I'm hoping that that stuff comes out and it'd really be cool if, if you wrote about that, uh, in your book. And I, I've, I, I've also told you this before. I've listened to every single podcast, even from the beginning. Uh, everything you. that you've ever done. And, and it's, it's funny. It's like, I've, I've heard so many of your stories again and again, but there's always like a different facet that goes along with it. And sometimes I, I will start getting excited because someone will ask a question. And I'm like, well, you know, here he goes. I, I know he's going to be talking about you know, I'm, <laughs> like one of my, well, I find is, that fascinating. I find that. Uh, and I really appreciate you saying that, you know, you yeah. mentioned Abbott. I had never talked. I didn't even realize what went on in that particular uh, curriculum. And I think I shared this on a previous podcast or maybe on this show. I can't quite remember. But, uh, you know, one of the students that I was mentoring on my foundation, Raul, um, was at Florin High School. And I actually had their avid teacher reach out to me and was telling me that, you know, his entire uh, effort and, you know, failing in the class. And he the teacher, she asked me, she goes, would you come down and speak to my class? I think it could really help. I said, yeah, I would be grateful. And I went down and spoke to the class that Raul was in. And I honestly can't even really remember right now what, what, what I spoke about for that period of time. But I also took questions. And she said, wow. She goes, that was great. She, she says, do you have time to stay for my next class? And I believe that I ended up staying for four of her classes that day. And then I had to go because I had to go to work and I was dressed up, you know, and, but I remember, you know, again, you, you, you don't really know until you, 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 you peel the layers back. And I think I had shared this with you, uh, that, but Raul's father had lost his job and the tension in the home was very difficult. And Raul's yeah. father spoke yeah. very little English. And I remember talking to Raul and I said, okay, I said, I, I can't really walk in your shoes right now, but I'm going to tell you that the greatest gift and the greatest thing that you can do for your father right now is graduate from high school and go on to college because your father did not have that opportunity. And I can tell you that your father would have been unbelievably grateful, would have been incredibly honored to be in your position that you're in right now, where you're going to have your college education paid for. But I said, you have to work for it. It's not going to be given to you. And you can, you can uh, uh, give your father the best gift that he's ever had in his life by you going to college. And that was the message I gave Raul. And you know what? He turned around his year and he graduated and he went to Sac State and graduated. And so I, listen, you know, you, you're a teacher. My brother was a teacher at a very low income community for over 30 years teaching math. And I've shared the story. The, the mm -hmm. student body of Freeport High School on Long Island, you can look it up, is 90% Hispanic and, and, and African-American. Okay, it's, it's, it's right there. You can look it up, Freeport High School on Long Island. And I, I heard all the stories from my brother and what it was like every year. And my brother was like me. My brother didn't just talk. My brother was a doer. He volunteered on everything, you know, did ex always was there for his students, always spent extra time, then became the president of the teachers union. I mean, you know, that's just that's our foundation. So I really I, I want to prevail in this lawsuit to just for me to validate everything that I've done in my life and what I stand for and what I believe in. I want to prevail in this lawsuit just to validate that all lives matter, 
really does mean all lives matter. Okay. And forget about all the crap that people want to change words around. All lives matter. Every single one means exactly that. I believe that. I believe black people matter. I believe Asian people matter. I believe, I believe Jewish people, uh, Muslim people. I, I, I don't know why this is so hard in our society to just agree that all lives matter, every single one. But as you said at the beginning of this, there are people that, you know, have to just change the meaning of words around. Why are we changing the meaning of words around? It just drives me crazy. Well, it sells books and it sells ideas and people make a lot of money. Like this, this yep. guy I was telling you about that wrote this book, he literally will go on to schools and for an hour make 20 grand talking to schools. It's like a social wow. justice thing. So there's a lot of wow. there's a lot of money involved in it. Wow. Know? But you got to. Well, I appreciate your phone call. Yeah, you got to make me a little promise, too. Boy, if you get that book out, I'm going to have you sign that someday. And you have to <laughs> you, you have yeah. to include the story because I, I, I laugh every time you talk about it. It's when you were bartending at Hitches and that whole oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. With a hockey player. Yeah, I was, it was, like it was called the pub. The pub in Rye, New York, and Hitch was the owner and, and the only bartender. Yeah, that was that was that was a dandy. That was an absolute dandy. No doubt about it. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Oh, one other thing. Um, talking about underdogs, you know, you, you brought up the 1980, you know, hockey team. And I was in sixth grade. I grew up in Reading. And it, this is the impact that it had on me. You know, I've never ice skated. I've never played hockey before. But what my buddies and I did was we broke the wheels off of uh, Tonka trucks to make a puck. And oh. we literally we, wow. were, we would be under awnings with our we'd use first baseman mitts because that, that kind of looked like a, you know, a goalie's glove. And we would we would kick this puck, and you know, of course, we were you know everybody wanted to be a Ruzioni, and and make yeah. the goals. But that that was huge. I mean, when I was you know in sixth grade, U.S. winning that thing, and you know, I agree, it's the greatest upset ever in the history of, you know, I'd say the world. So, hey, I appreciate the phone call, Ron. Thanks very much. You got Thank it. Thank you. Be good. All right, you too. Let's move on here. Uh, we say hello to uh, Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you today, Jeff? Jeff, you there? All right, I'll put Jeff back in the audience and hopefully we can get him back on and uh, we move right along and we say hello to uh, Jay. Jay, welcome to the program today. I hope you are well, sir. Yeah, hey, Grant. No, I'm, I'm at work, but I had to, I just I just jumped into an exam room here to be able to uh, congratulate you. I, I, I have to catch most of your shows on the, on the apps because I'm working, but today was a big day and um, I, I, I was so excited to see that news that things are moving forward. And um, hope, hopefully some of the silliness gets put to bed. You know, the, uh, these big corporations, they just have a knack for wiggling out of accountability with legal action. And this is a huge deal that this is moving forward uh, to give you an opportunity to, to hold them accountable and tell your story. Your story is so important and it has so much common sense and it, it needs to be told. And then the chips fall where, will fall where they, where they fall with with the outcome, but getting your story out there is so huge. And um, I couldn't be prouder that we're, you're, you're finally getting there. And I know it's still gonna be a while, but uh, congratulations. Thank you, Jay, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate it. All right, man, take care, right, bye. Yep, bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, some other folks right here. And uh, we get down to uh, San Diego, unless Rich is on one of his world trips. Hello, Rich, how are you today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on world trips. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Every time I talk to you, Come on, you're going man. to Thailand, you're going to Portugal, you're going here, uh, you're going there. I mean, you know, yeah. come on, man. You're living you're come living on, the life. Man. You're living well, the life. No, I'm finally you know what? But there's no place like home. You know, well, there's no place like home. And uh I, I'm I'm waiting. Uh, actually my son, I've got four grandkids that are showing up on Sunday with my son and his wife from Idaho Falls. And we've been uh, we've been planning out a beautiful week hey. for them to spend here in San Diego. Well, good. Yeah. Hey, Rich, just so you know, Rich, just so you know, okay, not everybody lives in San Diego. So you can't really say there's no place like home. You live in one of the great freaking places on <laughs> earth, okay? So for you to say there's no place like home, yeah, you live in San Diego, okay? Yeah. But if you live like, if you're, if you're at Bowling Green, Ohio, where I went yeah. to college for four years, yeah. I don't think yeah. there are people that are walking around going, gee, there's no place like home. But San no, Diego, but, yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So it's always nice to return home after a long <laughs> trip, you know. Yeah. My wife drags oh, me all God. over the country, and they're like, oh, I can't wait to sleep in my own bed, you know. And uh, 
you know, so all I can say, Grant, next time, if you get in San Diego, next time you're going to come, I got a putting green in my front yard, okay? I'll, and I'll, I'll I would, you up I would, 100%. I would love to entertain you, and we do a little putting around, and yep. I'll do a barbecue. I'd love that. I'll cook the best tri-tip you've ever had in your life, guaranteed. Perfect. Because okay? right. I don't know if Deal. I told you I was a chef, you know. but <laughs> Yeah, you told me. Deal. Yeah, yeah, Deal. yeah. Yeah, All yeah. right. So anyway, so moving on, you know, and I really – I, I just jumped on just probably about 15, 20 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, and I didn't hear the whole story, but I'm glad you're, it sounds like you're heading in the right direction with your lawsuit. Yes. yes. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I want to say, you know, I, it's kind of interesting because I looking at myself, like when I, when I was in high school in Maryland and Sacramento, I was diagnosed colorblind. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, People ask me, you know, sometimes it comes up in, in topics, you know, and I'm like, you know, it, it, I don't look at people like, but, you know, I'm colorblind. A person, a, a person is a person, okay? Doesn't matter what the freaking color they are, okay? A, a, you know, an individual is, you know, you don't, you know, and I, and, and, you know, I was hosted in basketball in high school when it's Maryland, when I played basketball, I was hosted by the most beautiful black family up in, uh, in Yuba City, they put me up for three or four days. And, you know, some of the nicest people I ever had met in my life, you know. And, you know, I and I still stay in contact with this guy that I, I played against in a tournament up there, you know. And it's just, you know, it's like, it's just BS. You know, people want to categorize and, you know, it's like humans are humans. You know, it doesn't matter what freaking color they are, you know. And, well, Rich, and, uh, I, I'm I'm with you on that, and I I just think it's so sad that our country appears to be so divided uh, uh, along racial lines, and yeah. it's so sad. I mean, it really is. And I think yeah. a lot of this is caused by social media, because I got to yeah, tell you, it, in my personal life, when I'm out and about, and I've I've been very open about the people that I've met in South Florida. I, I would, yeah. and I really mean this. I think ninety to ninety five percent of my friends that I've developed in South Florida, all people of color. I mean, they're from different parts of the world. Uh, Some are African-American, some are Latin American, some are, I mean, I can go on and on. You know, I I think I shared the story. I was with the uh, two podiatrists. I was with two podiatrists and we were talking about this. And I said, hey, I said, I'm just curious. I go, because, you know, Virgilie, who I did a podcast on, I said, you know, she she uh, and I have had this conversation and she said, you know, if she is going to be talking about her ethnicity. She likes to be referred to as African-American. And I said to right. these two podiatrists, I said, you know, if you don't mind me asking, do you do you be are you would would you want to be referred to as African-American or black? And she said, neither. Yeah. And I said, oh, she yeah. goes, I'm, I'm not African-American. I'm not black. And I, she said, I'm from Panama. Uh-huh. And I was like, and she gave me her spiel on it. And what so, so and and just by talking to so many different people in that region of the country, yeah. I'm thinking because I'll tell you one thing that I've learned because I I was watching the show um, on uh, I think I think it was Emmanuel Acho. It was uncomfortable conversation with a black man, and this was in the summer of 2020. And I'm watching his show, and he had on the couple from the HGTV network from Waco. I can't remember their names, but they're a very well-known couple. And he asked uh-huh. Emmanuel the question on uncomfortable conversations with a black man. He said, you know, I got to tell you, he goes, I, I, I don't know whether I would refer to you as black or African-American. Uh-huh, and right. he said, well, black. Well, I found out that's not true. I mean, because my really close friend in life now, virtually, she doesn't want to be yeah. referred to as black. She wants to be referred to as African-American. But here's what I've learned. I believe that a lot of white people in America use the term African-American by default because they don't want to offend anybody and they feel it is, quote, unquote, the proper term. It's not the proper term. Everyone's different. There are a lot of people of color that are not African-American. There are people that want to be referred to as African-American. It's so damn confusing. And then I, I yeah. want to strip down the layers. Why can't we just call people people? Why do we have yeah. to label people? Amen. Why do we have to, exactly. you know, why, why do we have to, why don't we just yeah. get rid of all of that? You know, yeah. uh, I, I, it's so damn confusing. And it's like, people are walking on eggshells in the United States. Yeah. If you're a, yeah. if you're a white person in America now, you're right. walking on yes. eggshells, right? Yeah. You're rich. Am I wrong? I mean, we're no, walking on eggshells. Not at all. Right. Not at all. You know? 
It's like, yeah, yeah. we're uh, human beings are human beings, man. Yes. You know, some of us have darker skin. My wife is a lot lighter than I am. Okay. But I don't call, you know, we don't compare each other. You know, it's like big deal. All, yep. Yeah, same thing. Half, same, same thing with different not, religious she's backgrounds. She's Nicaraguan and Irish. Okay. You know, it's like different religious. You know? It's like different religious yeah. backgrounds. You know, I, exactly. I, you know, anti-Semitism is a real problem, and yet, you know, yeah. it just goes. It, it's just passed over. Or, you know, I, I don't really care what religion you are. I care if you're a good person or not. I mean, yeah. we're all from different backgrounds. We have different beliefs. You know, I don't understand why it's so hard to accept people. I really don't. Yeah. No. No. I know, and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's really frustrating. Hopefully, we can move in the direction that people. People yep. are people. It doesn't matter what the hell the color of skin is. They are, yep. you know, and you just have to, you, you know, you, you, and you don't, you know, you just have to accept them for who they are and, 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 and by the content of their character and who they are, you know, not by the color Amen. of their skin, you know, and, uh, yep. but before, before, because it is open forum Wednesday, you were yes. talking about doing something for your community and how you give back, you know, and all that good stuff. You mm -hmm. know? And now that I am pretty much retired, 95%, I still sell a little bit of artificial grass on the side here in San Diego for those folks that don't know how to, you know, they can't keep, you know, lawn green, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. So, but I, I'm really into like, if, when you if if you get to San Diego and you come see my yard, you'll know what I'm talking about, okay? Because okay, I'm really both of my older brothers. They still live in Sacramento. We're landscapers their whole life, and I was raised that way. My dad had us out raking leaves and you know pulling weeds and you know, all the time. And so we're you know, and he was so meticulous about his yard, right? And I've kind of like you know, I'm that way with my yard. And I have all these beautiful cactus and all you know all this stuff, and you right. won't see one one weed in my in my yard. But you know what I'm talking about. What I'm getting at is that you know across the street from from my house and um, on a really nice little block, and and this guy he inherited the house from his parents, and he doesn't want to spend any money on water to water plants or any of this. And uh, and he had this big weeded area, and I and you know so I put a lot of energy in the last three years. And I said, hey, look at dude, his name's Richard also, like mine. And I said, you know, I am going to, if you don't mind, because I'm in this industry with, and I have all these customers that turn me on to, uh, you know, succulents and plants that they're, we're pulling out to put in lawn and artificial turf. And, and I get all access to all these plants. So I says, I don't, I don't like driving on my street and seeing this big patch of weeds, right? And so in the last three years, I took that area and I got rid of all the weeds and I've, I've made it like a succulent garden and people drive into the street and the neighbors, they thank me. And it's just, it's just created the whole, no, that's awesome. a whole new, a whole new vibe of the neighborhood yep. when you drive up the Love street. It. And you'll see that if you stop by and see me. All someday. right. Well, when okay. I get to San Diego, when I get, if I get to San Diego, I give you my word. I will reach out to you. All right. Okay. My, okay. My brother. You take care. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, some other folks, and we say hello to Connor. Connor, how are you today? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Just wanted to start by saying congratulations. It sounds like it's good news to move forward with your lawsuit. Thank you. So that was good to hear. Thank you. Yeah, so some of the things with our teams today are some big news. How about the Giants the last couple of days with Saquon yesterday? And how about Andrew Thomas today getting a huge deal? Well, you know, he's going to be their franchise left tackle for, you know, many, many years. So uh, I'm not surprised. Saquon basically took the exact same deal. I mean, it was the Giants look, uh, Joe Shane, the general manager, looks like a, a freaking genius here with how he handled this. Now he's got a happy Saquon Barkley back on the field. You know, they were able to do it without costing the Giants any more money. I mean, they they stood their ground and they get their running back back on the field. So that was a brilliant move by the Giants general manager. Yeah, and then Justin Herbert gets, I think, a record deal. I think he's the highest record. paid, or I don't know if it's yep. per year or total, but and that's, that's huge for them. And that kind of leads me to, with all these teams, like the Giants with Jones, the Chargers with Herbert, I think it's all leading towards the ball being in the Cincinnati Bengals court now with, 
oh, what boy. are they going to do with Joe Burrow? They have a boatload of talent that they need to pay with Chase, Higgins, Mixon. How are they going to manage all this and what not, the deal is going to look like? Well, Joe Burrow is going to be the highest paid player in the National Football League. He will surpass Justin Herbert's $52.5 million average salary a year. Uh, but I, I I don't know, you know. They better they better pray that the cap keeps going up and up and up in the National Football League. That's why these salaries are increasing because you know the revenue of the NFL keeps going up. They better hope that doesn't change because I don't understand. And and I said this on my rant today, Connor. No wonder why running backs are pissed. You know, relatively speaking, they are very underpaid. I mean, think about that. You have quarterbacks that are making fifty million dollars a year, and you got Saquon Barkley making ten million a year. I mean, think about that for a minute. If you're Saquon Barkley, now you you understand how you could have some upset feelings and why Josh Jacobs is like, I'm not playing. You know, I, I get that in a way. I mean, but the system is the system. It's not the team's fault. It's the league's fault. It's the system's fault. But I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I really don't. I, I really don't. But Joe Burrow in the very, very near future will be the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, I totally agree. And then. I think Aaron Rodgers today, he also got kind of a restructured deal for two yes. years, $75 million, But yep. the reports were that he took a $35 million pay cut. So yep. what do you think about that? I think he's trying to win for his team, obviously. That's exactly what he's doing. He understands the magnitude of winning in New York. It would it would far surpass anything he ever did in Green Bay. And I'm well aware that he won a Super Bowl there. If you can go to the New York Jets, okay, a team that has not been on – center stage since 1969 okay if you can go to new york and win a super bowl he will be the next joe willie namath that's who aaron Rodgers will be he will go down as a legend of all time in the new york sports he'll be up there with and i mean this don't laugh when i say this he'll be up there with babe ruth he'll be up there with joe namath he'll be up there with Derek jeter mark messier Okay, Willis Reed, Walt Frazier. I mean, he'll be up on that stage with those incredible historical New York athletes. That's where he'll be. And I'm leaving some out, obviously, you know, but that, that's where he'll be. Yeah, I don't doubt it. And it seems like this week and across all sports, it's all about the money moves. Jalen Brown, what about that deal? I think people can say it's overpaid and that Tatum's better and this and that. But I think it's the way that in sports in general is turning. If you want to win a championship, you got to get your core locked up if you want a chance to win. Yeah, I mean, it's the luxury tax, the everything else. But, I mean, Jalen Brown's a very good player. I mean, we can all agree on that. But it's like Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's not the best player in the National Football League. I mean, he's not even the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, if you were starting a team right now and you had all 32 general managers, including the Chargers general manager, you could say you could take any quarterback you want in the league. Nobody would take Justin Herbert. That doesn't mean he's not very good, but every team would take Patrick Mahomes. And then they probably would take Burrow and or Allen second or third, and then maybe Herbert. Do you understand the point I'm making? He's not the best player in the National Football League. And you look at Jalen Brown. Yeah, he's good. He's a two-time All-Star not a five-time all-star. He is not the best player. He's not among the top five players in the league, but he's now the highest paid player. So everything's out of whack right now. It's timing, and he's in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and then arguably the biggest deal of all with – I was really surprised to see today in the reports that Kylian Mbappe is not even going to try to negotiate with the Saudi club, Al Hilal, with that billion-dollar deal. It's pretty interesting to me that he's – going to put his legacy and trying to win in big leagues ahead of getting that much money. I didn't even see the news. So he's, he's not, he's turning down the deal from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. He said he's not even going to negotiate with the team. Good for him. Good for him. You know what? Good for him. That's pretty remarkable. Good for him. I didn't even see that. So thanks for bringing that to my attention. Yeah, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about was with the Yankees, there's reports that Judge is going to be back Friday. So I don't know if that changes anything, but the question I wanted to ask you was, do you think that the Yankees should be buyers or sellers at the deadline this year? Um, I, it's not a matter of what I think. It's a matter of what they'll do. They're not going to sell. They can't. You, you can't be sellers in that market with that payroll. 
the fans would revolt. So they don't really have a choice. They have to be buyers. So, I mean, if, they, if they're not buyers, they're not going to be sellers. There's no way that they're going to be sellers. They're just not. The, the media, the fan base, the Yankees can't be sellers. What are they, just a handful of games out of the wild card? The, the, the fan base would revolt. I mean, it would be awful. I, I don't see them any way, shape, or form being sellers. I really don't. So do you think if that they should go out and get a few pieces and try to, like, push for the playoffs? Or do you think they should just stay put and see what happens with Judge returning? Well, I personally think it won't matter because I just don't think they're going to be good enough if they make the playoffs when October comes. But the way you put it, yeah, go out and get a piece or two to solidify. I don't think Aaron Judge alone is going to be enough. <clears throat> I really don't. I mean, it's not like they have one team to catch. I mean, they, 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 every single game they play is important the rest of the year. Yeah, hundred percent agree. That's all I got today. Congrats again. Okay, but thank, thanks, Connor. Appreciate you. Bye, bye. Hey, folks, I want to talk to you about Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. I've got to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Z-Biotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. And again, I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then I was at a birthday party. Uh, my buddy and his wife had rented out a restaurant, and I had a couple of drinks, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot tonight. And you know what, folks? Believe me, it is the real deal. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, reunions. Hey, there's so much going on, right? Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Go to zbiotics.com slash grant to get 15% off your first order when you use grant at checkout. Zbiotics is back with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, go to zbiotics.com slash grant. Use the code grant at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good stuff right there. We get to uh, some more phone calls and we say hello to John. Hello, John. Welcome to the program. Grant, how are you? I'm good, John. How are you, buddy? Holy smokes, man. First off, great content from Connor on all the New York sports and everything. And uh, it sounds like Rich is inviting us to go golfing and surfing <laughs> in his front yard. <laughs> And eating the best tri tip we've ever had in our life. Don't leave out the important stuff, John. Well, hey, he's going to call me out now. Do we need to have a barbecue off in San Diego? Yes. Because I'm down. Yes. Hey, that's fine. I'll eat all, all right. your food. You guys cook me food, both you and Rich. Just, you know, and I'll, I'll sample it all and I'll, I'll be happy to judge. So, yeah, let's do it. Uh, it'll be great. Hey, man, I need to get him on the horn because we're. We have a similar tastes and uh, similar observations. Yep. And, and hey, I got a, yep. a buddy that he might know who moved down to San Diego about three years ago with his beautiful wife, Marlena. And they they got a place that's on the coast. So not near the golf right. course, but not that far go. away. But All right. Grant, your lawsuit. I am so happy to hear that that is going your way. Well, I'm, I'm happy that the judge ruled the way he did, and I am very hopeful that when it's all said and done, it does go my way. I don't have a crystal ball, um, but I'm, I'm hopeful, and I'm not going to rest until we get to the finish line. 
Well, hey, anything you need, I mean, anything that can be done is going to be, is going to come to the service, obviously, now. You know what I need? I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I, I don't ask for. You know what I, you know what I, you know what I, I need? I, I need, I need people to utilize social media. Uh, and I can help with that. Go on. And let, let, and let Bonneville International know how wrong they are for what they did and put the pressure on them. That's what I'm hoping. That's why I'm grateful when, you know, I wake up this morning and I look at all of the stories that are out there from national publications that I love that, you know, I, that that's what I want. That that's what I need. And then individuals, uh, there have been already some today on social media that have used Bonneville International's uh, Twitter handle in the messages about how disgusted they are with this. So that that's really the only thing I ask for. I am asking for, you know, don't let this just rest, you know, keep it out in the forefront, keep it out in the news. That's what I'm hopeful for. Well, hey, that's exactly how it is and how it should be to keep it, keep common sense into it, even though common sense is somewhat uncommon. Yep. But man, when you look back on it, Grant, come on, all lives matter. Every single one. I don't know how many conversations you and I have had about this since, since, you know, in the last three years. But really, for all of the years that we've been talking, we never yeah. talked about anything about racial anything anything i know i know you know it's, it's unbelievable one who threw you i don't know you can't say under the bus because hey you had you're not under the bus by any stretch you stick to your to what you said you stick to what you said and if it comes down yeah. to every single person who's talked to you and shaking your hand and looked you in the eye i am on your side and anything you, you need we have for you I have for Thank you, you buddy. anything, and that could go on these on every single podcast because these mean things. And you know, I'm pissed at people that threw you under the bus, if you want to call that, or didn't 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 just step up to the plate and be. Yep. People who didn't have your back, I'm pissed at. But people that did have your back, you're friends for life. And then yep. Along that, I may call you back later in the show, but Jerry. I hope you're doing fine. Thank you, Grant. I had to get Thank that you, off my chest, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks very much, buddy. Let's get to uh, some other phone calls cool. and we bring on Waggus. Waggus, good to hear from you. How are you on this Wednesday? Good, good. I love the passion from John, as always. Um, yeah, so, he's beautiful. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, so, you know, I just wanted to, you know, you actually bring up a good point about Aaron Rodgers winning in New York. Um, I do think um, that he's gonna he's gonna do it. Uh, I just think he has a different attitude, different mindset, especially you know in this stage of his career. I, I don't think I, I really don't think the last couple of years he he was really even happy, and and I do think he's got a good defensive um, mind coach now that's gonna do his thing and he's gonna do his thing. But I, I wanted to ask you, where would you put his? Obviously, if he wins in New York, his legacy will, in my opinion, will be better than Brett Favre. But where would you put his legacy right oh. now? Um, that's a great question. Uh, he's first ballot Hall of Famer. All right, I think we can agree on that. I personally feel his legacy and reputation has taken a hit the last few years. And I think that would all be, I think he'd be on the, the very top of the list if he's able to go win in New York. I mean, if he's able to win a Super Bowl there, he'd be put up on, you know, the Mount Rushmore of, you know, what quarterbacks in the NFL have done. I really believe that. So, I mean, so, think about this. This team, yeah. this team, and this team hadn't done anything since they they won one Super Bowl in 1969. Right. Right. No, no uh, I get that. I I guess I was kind of asking as in comparison to Favre, because I know he's always been. Kind oh, of and in comparison to Favre. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Because they've had identical. I, well, personally, I think he's a. I think he's. Uh, I think he was a better quarterback than Brett Favre. That's my opinion. Um, okay. I, that, that's how I feel. I mean, I, I think if you're going to compare, if I like, if I could take both quarterbacks, you know, at the same time, which is impossible, and say who would you rather have as your quarterback, I would take Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a better quarterback uh, than Brett Favre. But I mean, I don't know. That's a great question. I'd have to ask Packer fans. 
how they feel about that. I, I don't know. Because, you know, in the end of the day, in Green Bay, it's about championships. And Aaron Rodgers only won one Super Bowl. And yet he lost, what, five far. championship games? Yeah. And yet he lost five championship games. So that's interesting. It's an interesting question. Yeah, but Grant, they never really build a defense around him. You know, they, uh, I mean, all those years I felt like, you know, was kind of wasted. Is prime, and, and it's not like he. It's not like you know the Packers were out of the playoffs. I mean, they were going to NFC Championship, like you said. They just needed a little. I mean, yeah. So I, I mean, if you look at the one against the Falcons, right? I mean, the offense gave up, I think, four or five touchdowns, right? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the defense, yep. right? And then, defense. So, yep. Um, I understand. Listen, it's yeah, a team yeah. game. I mean, we've seen that. Dan Marino was a yeah. great quarterback. He never won a Super Bowl because he had a terrible defense. I mean, I get yeah. that. You're right. You know, yeah, and, absolutely. and then, of course, uh, uh, people forget uh, when Seattle what is, was at his peak in in in, I think, uh, um, whatever that field is called up there. Um, he went there in the NFC championship game and was up for most of most of the game. And, and, and obviously he took that. What is that? Two point. I'm sorry. Was that. Am I losing you? Vegas, oh. am I losing you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. But mm, mm, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, uh, uh, I think what was it? Jordy Nelson that dropped that or whatever or. Well, yeah, whatever. I, I'm sorry. You kind of uh, you you uh, I get you. Move on, though. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But let's get let's stay on topic here. The reality mm-hmm. is, you know, I don't know how the folks in Green Bay are going to judge Rogers when he's done, you know, with his career. To Favre. Obviously, his career is over in Green Bay. I think that is if you're a Packers fan, you know, they both have incredible legacies. They both won Super Bowls. They both were MVPs. They both did an incredible amount for, you know, the Packer organization. So I, I don't even know if you have to have a debate who's ahead of whom. They both were great for the franchise. They both won Super Bowls. And, you know, to me, that's enough. I don't know if you have to you know, I don't know if you have to have a winner. First of all, it's subjective in nature. Right. Yeah. I don't know. They're both. They were both phenomenal, great Green Bay Packers. You know, enough yeah. said. Well, me obviously growing up, he he. I mean, I know people talk about Tom Brady and all that, but he, he's definitely the best quarterback I've seen from a quarterback yep. point of view. And yep. um, uh, I guess last thing before I, you know, do you think he gets it done in New York? No. Okay. I don't. I think the biggest issue he has is he's in the AFC right now. Which means you got to go through Patrick Mahomes. You got to go through Joe Burrow. Now with uh, the Chargers in your own division, you have Josh Allen and Buffalo. If two is upright, they're going to be very difficult. I think it's going to be very, very difficult to win with how difficult the AFC right now. And I haven't even mentioned Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. Don't know about Deshaun Watson who could have a really, you know, could could return to form. I just look at the AFC, and I didn't even mention Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars are up and coming. You know what I'm saying? I just think the AFC is it's going to be very, very difficult to get through the AFC and represent that conference in the championship in the Super Bowl, rather. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe deep down, I'm kind of ruined for him, but yeah. So um, I just feel like at, at this point, he probably has a better chance with that roster that he's got, in um, because it's kind of a defensive-minded roster. But we'll, we'll see. see. That's why you play the games. That's you know? why you play the but games. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate uh, it, Waggus. Yep, yeah, go right, ahead. thank you, thank you. Yep. No, okay, take care. All right, let's move along, and we say hello to Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Welcome to the show today. How are you, buddy? I'm fine, Grant. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. Hey, Grant, when are they going to put a picture of Mr. Napier on Mount Rushmore? Uh, never. I don't deserve to be on Mount Rushmore, but thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, Grant, you are, you know what, maybe not in Miami, because you said numerous times that people don't recognize you there, but in Sacramento, you are our, you are our hero, Grant. And you know Thank what, you, I mean, I, I wish everything that, you know, with the lawsuit that, you know, it, it goes your way, you know what, stick it to that radio station, stick it to the owners of Bonneville, you know what, you Thank deserve you. what you're going to get, bro. And you know what, Thank it's you. just, you know what, it's just, it's in God's hands right now, but you're going to get what you want to get. Thank you. Thank Grant, you very much. You, Grant, let me ask you one more thing. Uh, Grant, if ESPN reached out to you and offered you a job, would you take that job, Grant? Uh, not unless it included play-by-play on a professional level. 
Grant, what about your own show for an hour that you just talk about nothing but sports and you can take callers? Yeah, I would do that. Sure. Yep. Wow. And Grant, I, I, Grant, do you think there's people out there, the companies, you know, TNT, TBS, ESPN, those things like that? Do you think they're probably wary about wanting to hire you, uh, even though you don't do anything wrong, but they're just trying to make a point? What do you think that would be like, Grant, if they would reach out to you? I think anyone that spent 10 minutes and looked at my background and my life would hire me in a second. I totally agree with you, Grant. Uh, one more thing, sir. With Jimmy Garoppolo passing the passing his physical, um, do you think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is just like another Derek Carr? Um, he will get you there, but he cannot finish games. Well, I think he's going to have a very difficult time winning games if Josh Jacobs is not on the field. You know, I mean, he, he was the Raiders offense last year, and now you don't have Darren Waller. So I, I don't know how offensively they're going to be able to be like they were last year without Jacobs, assuming that he doesn't play. I mean, I, I, you explain to me how you're going to lose Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller and be as good offensively. I, I just don't see it. And Grant, with the line that they're um, they have to protect Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, oh, boy. have a better line than the yep. Vegas Raiders. Uh, do you see this man being healthy for the season, or do you think that he might not, have? An, oh, okay, All not right. based on history, right, Jerry? I mean, if I'm looking at right. Garoppolo over the last few years, how could I assume that he's going to be upright for 17 weeks? I I really don't. Right, and do you think that's on? Uh, that is on. Uh, Jimmy's fault, or is that just for the Raiders, the way that they have a team assembled? You know, Jerry, I don't think players get hurt on purpose, and I've always said that, but yet there <laughs> is the injury bug. I mean, we've talked about it in Sacramento with Marvin Bagley, right? There are athletes right. that always see Anthony Davis. There are just certain athletes that seem to get hurt all the time, right? I mean, we, we, right. we can name them. I just named a couple, and I, I don't understand why that is, but if I'm looking at Garoppolo and the history of his injuries, you, you got to be a little concerned. And Grant, you know what? There's one thing I want to ask you. You know what? Maybe you said something about this, Grant. I don't. Um, I don't recall. But if you and uh, and Mrs. Napier are at at a restaurant and you have fans that want to take your picture, or want your autograph, this and that, were you always willing to do that, or did you tell them? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. All the time. One hundred percent. And did that ever go the wrong way? Like Grant, we're here, no. just you and me. Oh, okay. Well, uh, only only one time. Only only okay. one time and we were at a steakhouse uh what the hell's the, the the nice steakhouse at thunder valley i can't remember what it was right celebrating my wife's birthday all right and we were we had moved to the bar because i wanted to watch i had to watch the ending of a game mm -hmm. and they brought out a birthday cake for her and put it at the bar and the candles were lit and this obnoxious fan comes up to us oh, as my wife is getting ready to blow out the candles on our cake that and my wife got very upset and she normally doesn't and she was like what the f you know she did she goes what the f is wrong with you <laughs> oh, no really she she did she did wow. say that wow she did and that's the only time only time where i have had a unpleasant situation being out in public with a fan i always always 100 percent talk to people when i was out at restaurants that wanted to meet me wanted to take a picture waiters patrons didn't matter right going to a grocery store um and the and a funny story about this if you don't mind me sharing it all right sir is my wife would be with me and she just could not believe that people would not even know that she existed and she was standing there. And she would say to me, she goes, you know, I could be standing here freaking naked. And I still don't think people would know that I'm standing here. And no, she, she would tell me that. And I no, and she would actually, she would embellish that. And I can't even say it cause I don't want to embarrass her. She would actually add more to that. Um, oh my God. And, and, and I laughed because classic. it was very true. Very often, Literally, people would come up to me in public and talk to me and not even acknowledge that she was standing next to me or like say hi to her or anything. And she would go, 
this is unbelievable. I could be standing here freaking naked with this freaking thing sticking out of my head, and they wouldn't even know I'm standing here, you know? Grant, so, yeah. Grant, did you guys ever talk about it behind closed doors? And I'm not trying to invade on your privacy, Grant, but did she ever talk to you about that behind closed doors? Like, Grant, you know what? You and I are out there on this. We're trying to celebrate this. You cannot be doing that, all right? My time not, is with not, you. Absolutely not. Never happened. She understood uh, my role and accepted that. And even after games, you know, after I had done a full radio show right. and a full broadcast and she could look at me and she'd know that I was wiped out. And I had fans that at the end of the game were waiting for me to sign stuff or take pictures. And sometimes it took five minutes. Sometimes it took 20 minutes and she would stand there patiently and never said, Hey, we got to go. Nope. She understood that. And she accepted that was part of what I did and who I was. And not once other than her birthday celebration, did she ever get bothered by it? Not one time. Not one time. Never, ever, ever became an issue. Well, that's awesome, dude. You know what, Grant? You said one time, you know, I think I heard you right when you said that when you and Jerry Reynolds would be somewhere, everybody would come up to Jerry Reynolds and they didn't know who you were. Did I hear that right? Or was that something different? No, no, that that's not accurate. All right, Grant. All right, sir. Well, I just thought I would uh, chime in since it's been uh, open form Wednesday. So, all right, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Take care. See you, Jerry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's been a really good show today. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you very much. We'll do uh, YouTube tomorrow. Probably it's uh, 7 o'clock Pacific. It seems like a lot of people like that time. So we'll do the open forum tomorrow. Appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for uh, your good wishes as it pertains to the ruling by the judge and my lawsuit. It means the world to me. And you all take care. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. So long, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.